Well, hey, what's up, Pacific Coast Church? My name is Pastor J.F. Wilkerson, and I want to welcome you to Church Online. Hey, it's Labor Day weekend, and I know a lot of you are getting those, you know, end of summer vacations, and you're traveling, you're out there on the road, so I just want to say be safe and have a great Labor Day. And I love it because today is what we call here at Pacific Coast Church our seasonal Sabbath. You say, what exactly is that, JF? Well, many of you know, uh, we're a mobile campus, meaning we have to set up and tear down all of our gear in a high school every single Sunday. It's a lot of work, and I'm just so grateful because we have an amazing group of volunteers who we call our dream team, who make it happen week after week. So quarterly, only four times a year, we take a Sunday and, and we only meet right here at Church Online and we give our dream team a little break or what we like to call a, a time of rest. In fact, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about rest. And so right now we're continuing our series on the subject of worship. So the title of this series is simply We Worship. And in this series, um, if you can recall, we've been unpacking the various ways worship manifests in our lives. Now, when we think of worship, we tend to simply default to the act of singing and, and playing instruments. In fact, I opened this series teaching on that and uh, on that specific type of worship. But, but that's not all of it, all right? That's not all of it. We, we've also talked about how serving others and giving of our resources are also types of worship unto God. Last week, if you remember, we talked about how fellowship with, with others is worship. And then we practiced it as a church and we shared a meal together after our, 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 our in-person gathering. It was so awesome. So there's several ways to express our worship unto God. And that's what this series has been all about. You know, my kids absolutely love our Pacific Kids Church led by our very talented Pastor Michelle Martin. And what I love about how Pastor Michelle and her team lead all of our children is they make the learning not, not only lots of fun, I mean it's a blast in there, but it's very meaningful and lasting. Well years back the kids were learning about worship through singing and playing instruments and dancing and even things like like why we raise our hands and sometimes we even close our eyes, you know, all, all of those elements. And of course, we teach our kids that everything they do is done unto God. In fact, the book of Colossians confirms this, meaning every action we take is meaningful because it's not to simply please humans, but rather God himself. So with little kids, this is gonna be a fun little it can be a fun little exercise if you know what I'm talking about. Well, with that said, my kids, especially my daughter Israel, they love all things Disney. So so one day I heard a whole new world from the movie, you know, The Little Mermaid, blaring in my little girl's bedroom. So like any parent, I was curious as to what was going on behind the door. So of course, I cracked the door, and there was little Izzy, hands raised to the air, eyes closed as tight. And she's belting out, I want to be where the people are. I want to see them, see them dancing. And man, she's just getting after it. And right in that moment, she opened her eyes and there was her dad. So I said, Izzy, I love it. And I said, what are you doing? And she looked up to me and she said, I'm worshiping God. And I said to her, I love that you're singing that unto God. And her response to me was, Dad, no, I'm singing it to Ariel. 
And you know, I, I cracked up laughing. And I said, well, sweetheart, if you're doing it unto Ariel, then that's not worship to God, right? Now, we adults do this too sometimes when it comes to worship. Maybe not when it comes to singing, right? But in, but in many other ways, we forget that principle. And I want to talk about rest today because rest is the same. There are so many reasons why we rest. Some, some people get hospitalized because of exhaustion. That's not worship, okay? That's not worship. So today, I, w- I want to give you three questions to consider that I believe might help us in our resting as worship unto God because rest is worship unto God. Here's the first thought, Matt is, what if you saw rest as support and remembering? Now, most of us know that honoring the Sabbath is part of the Ten Commandments given by God to his people through Moses. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute here. But can you imagine how odd it would be if you heard a pastor bragging about breaking any of the other Ten Commandments? I mean, really, think about it. Imagine imagine what you would think and feel if you heard a pastor say, oh man, I mean, I use the Lord's name in vain all the time. Or or someone bragging from a church platform saying like, I steal, it's no big deal. Or yeah, no, I commit murder. God doesn't mind about that. Like what, that's crazy, right? But they're all commands. And yet breaking this one about rest and Sabbath, about honoring rest, is really the only one that the church often openly applauds, isn't it? I mean, we regularly hear people admit I haven't had a day off in months. And sometimes that, that's met with, wow, what a hard worker. That's so valuable. Or, or, or great job working so hard and not resting at all. But what if we knew more about rest and began to understand why God created it for us? I mean, if, if we know those things, would we really feel that way about not obeying what God outlined? And, and if we began to understand that rest was created by God for our well-being, then we would begin to understand that it is also a form of worship unto God. It's clear as that, right? So let's start at the beginning, Genesis 1. It begins with the creation account. And as you read through the chapter, you'll see everything that God created over the course of six days. Now, Genesis 2, it starts with telling us about day 7. Come on, let's read it together. Genesis 2, verse 1. It says this, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, watch this, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. In the beginning, God created everything. And then on the seventh day, he finished his work and rested. Now, what's really cool about this is most theologians teach to this day that not only did God create those six days, he also created the seventh day. Meaning God created an entire day dedicated to one thing. And do you know what that one day was created for? It was created for rest. Rest, Sabbath. Sabbath was created and instituted by God. And I love that scripture says not only did he create rest, he actually participated in the very act of resting. Now, listen, I'm a huge Mariners fan. 
And I gotta say, I'm very excited for where things are at right now in the season. I mean, we're winning, right? And I love going to games. In fact, I was that one last night. And I especially love going to games on Friday nights because at the very end, win or lose, they have this massive fireworks show. Oh yeah, I mean, the actual game is awesome. But man, you don't even have to like baseball to stay for the entire thing to see the fireworks show, right? It's like the grand finale of the entire experience. Whether the Mariners won or they lost, you left that game. And the thing you're probably talking about the most on the way home, especially if you got kiddos like me in the car, was that fireworks show. I mean, that's the topic, right? It was almost like the icing on the cake. The crescendo, the emphasis was on the fireworks at, at the end. It, it, it almost feels a bit like this with the creation story. All seven days were important, each day fully described where we see the earth formed, animals brought forth, humans coming into existence, and then almost like the grand finale, the seventh day, the day where God creates, creates a type of worship unto himself. He creates what? Rest and he invites humanity to partake. And I love that. And I love the model, this picture of perhaps God resting on that seventh day and in that rest, looking at his creation, reflecting back on those last six days of all the good he had brought into existence. And I love that this model can be applied to our own lives as well. So the question that I posed just a minute ago was, what if you saw rest as support in remembering? What if rest was the thing that helped you drown out all of the noise, all of the busyness, all of life's distractions, so that you could stop and remember all that God has done and continues to do for you? You know, in the original language, the terms translated to Sabbath refer to a literal settling down and an inner tranquility to pause from creating and make a conscious choice to remember and reflect on all that God's done. Do you, see, do, do, do you see that this is exactly what God did on that seventh day and what he invited man to do as well? He invites us to rest while remembering and reflecting on all that he's done. So this first invitation and assignment of rest was reiterated to humanity when the Lord gave the Ten Commandments to his people through Moses. These commands or instructions, they, they sound less daunting when we call them instructions, are, are found in Exodus 20 and in Deuteronomy chapter 5. The Deuteronomy version clearly references this remembering component. Look with me, Deuteronomy chapter 5, starting in verse 12. These are instructions to God's people. Verse 12 starts with this. It says, Observe the Sabbath day, by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may what? May rest as you do. Meaning, it's, 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 to be, it's to be rest for everyone equally. Now he brings this focus, not just, not just rest, but also to reflect and remember. Look at verse 15. He says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. Remember that? And that the Lord your God brought you out of there 
with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Remember where you were and more importantly, what God has done for you. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Listen, not so that it becomes some religious formality that somehow puts you right back into some kind of weird, I have to do this or God's gonna be mad at me. No, yuck, no. But rather so that it would be a support mechanism in your reflection on who he is, how much he loves you, and for all that he's done for you. What if you saw rest as support in remembering, all right? Here's the second question to consider that I believe might help us in our resting as worship unto God. And that is, are you ready? Here it comes. Number two, what if you saw rest as strengthening your relationship? That's a good one right there. Meaning, what if you saw resting, shutting off your work, turning off your Instagram feed, right? What if in doing that, it drew you closer to God. You know, just last week, my wife Ashley and I celebrated 14 years of marriage. And we took a couple days and we drove up into one of our most favorite places here in Washington State, the Olympic National Park. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it, it was an incredible 48 hours. No TVs, barely any cell service, surrounded by gorgeous nature. Just the two of us. And we came home, we came home, we were just like so filled up. But I can remember also 14 years ago when we were first married, Ashley had just moved down to crazy, hectic, loud Miami, Florida, where I had lived at the time. And all I can say is we got married and we hit the ground running, right? She was running her business. I was drowning in ministry and all the responsibilities of that right out of the gate. Our marriage, I'm telling you, right out of the gate. I mean, it, was, it started taking hits. So with that, we made a conscious decision that once a week, no matter what was going on, we were gonna get out, we we're gonna get in our car, just the two of us, and drive to somewhere quiet and peaceful, somewhere in nature in the state of Florida that perhaps didn't have Wi-Fi or reception and just intentionally rest together and focus on our marriage. And can I tell you what? <laughs> I'm telling you, as soon as we committed to this, things began to improve. Now, it hasn't always worked out perfectly where we've been able to do this consistently with, with all the seasons of life and kids and all this stuff over 14 years. But can I tell you that when we, when we, when we do stay committed to this, it really, truly works. And we're, and we're committed to it right now. What if you saw rest as strengthening your relationship with God, other people, your spouse? And in the context of our relationship with God, what if we intentionally on a regular basis just simply rested, entered into a peace, entered into peace and quiet, into meditation on him and his word? Could it be that our relationship with him might grow? And the answer is a resounding yes, my friend. It will grow. In fact, the Apostle Paul references this thought in the book of Hebrews. If you look at Hebrews chapter 4, it's coming up on the screen right now. Hebrews chapter 4 starting in verse 9. This is what it says. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort. Yes, bro. Yes, it takes intentional effort to do this, friends. 
It doesn't happen by accident and, and there will never be a time for it unless you set it apart. Okay, I'm just saying that. Verse 11, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Paul's reference, referencing to the person who refuses to engage in rest. The person who says, nope, I'm way too busy. I'm way too important to slow down and honor the Sabbath. He's saying those are the type of people that have the potential of leading others who are watching them down the wrong path as well into a life of destruction. That's what Paul's warning about right there. So verse 12 says this, for, for, for meaning, this is connected to the Sabbath, the Sabbath rest component here. Watch this. It says, the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Friends, I believe that scripture is showing us that in those Sabbath rest moments, especially those moments where we allow God's word to do this in us, and our refusal to slow down and allow this type of God rest, we can develop the wrong attitude. It's an attitude or like, like it's a subconscious thought that we don't need this type of God rest and reflecting and allowing his word to operate in us in this way. It's powerful, right? And I think I think that's why he follows with this next statement. Verse 13 says this, nothing in all creation is hidden from, from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Why does the writer here connect the, connect the, the idea of resting with faith? Why does he do it? I believe it's because Sabbath has everything to do with, do with where our trust really lies. Meaning Sabbath helps us to reveal to us who are who or what our faith is really in? It's is it in ourselves? Is it in our work? Is it our, our own understanding or our, our our power? Or is it God? Or is and and His way? What if we saw rest as support in remembering? What if we saw rest as strengthening your relationship? And here's the third one. I'll close with close with this. And that is the third and final question to consider that I believe might help us in our resting as worship unto God. And that is, what if we saw rest as a solidifying of your reliance? Let me unpack that. This goes all the way back to when rest was introduced to the Hebrew children. If you remember, they'd been released from Egyptian captivity, 400 years enslaved, and were traveling the wilderness, and God sent food called, do you remember it? It was called manna. It's, it's food. He, he, he sends manna almost daily to sustain them. This is how they were fed. But, but the sending of the manna had a very specific pattern that I think you'll recognize, all right? Let's go back, way back, Old Testament, Exodus chapter 16, verse 21 said this, each morning, everyone gathered. Manna that God had sent, they gathered this stuff, right? As much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they were gathered twice as much. Uh, they were gathered twice as much, two omers, probably like six pounds for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, watch this. This is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left 
and keep it until the morning. This is very significant. Verse 24, so they saved it until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath there will not be any. So on all the other days, God made sure that they only got the manna for that one day. And if they tried to save some or hoard some, if you remember, it would go bad. It would spoil, except on the sixth day. On that day, God provided enough for the next day too. And, and, and that manna, it didn't go bad so that they would have enough for Sabbath. You, you see this? They didn't work or gather on that day and they had more than enough. On the other days, if they had leftovers, those went bad. But for Sabbath, they always had enough. Listen, when we take time to intentionally rest, to honor the Sabbath, it reinforces the fact that we are completely dependent on God and that His ways are always better than ours, that we fully rely on God for everything in our lives. And when we stop and meditate on that, it keeps our mind on that reality and it pushes us further and further away from the lie that says that we as humans are self-made and that, and that we, don't really, we don't really need God in our lives because we've got it all figured out. It's a lie and we can push that back. In fact, one academic said it this way, when God created Sabbath by resting after six days of creation, he declared that he was the master of work and that work was never the master of him. And, 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 and when a believer takes a Sabbath, the same declaration is made, keeping work from ever becoming a God in our lives. That's the whole goal. Allowing us, it allows us to have a healthy, relation, a healthy relationship with work and thus promoting health in all areas of our lives, physical, spiritual, and relational. In fact, Jesus himself, Jesus goes above and beyond to make sure that we, that we know how to keep the heart of the Sabbath in check. Look, look at, look at uh, the book of Mark. This is, a, this, is a, this is a fascinating part of, of the gospel here. Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 23. Watch what happens here. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick, pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Listen, for, for them, for the, for the, it, for, it, it was just a religious rule. Something the religious leaders used to hold those beneath them hostage, to be really, really honest. Verse 25, he, meaning Jesus, answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. And look what Jesus said next, verse 27. Then he said to them, the Sabbath, watch this, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. What if you saw rest? What if you viewed Sabbath as a solidifying of your reliance fully on God? Taking time out of your busy week to intentionally rest, to Sabbath, if you will, it helps us to remember how much we rely on God. And my friend, that's a good thing. That's a good practice. Why? Because it grounds us, it keeps us humble, and it keeps us pursuing Him more, 
more and more every single day. Friends, this isn't about religious rules or penance or another box to check off. No, this is about us lear learning more about how God intended for us to live. This is about us beginning to understand more and more that without intentional Sabbath rest in our lives, it leaves us with not enough gas in our tanks to accomplish all of the things we've set forth to do. Taking time to stop, to breathe, to exhale, to rest, it allows us to regain balance and perspective on the fact that God's our sustainer and not ourselves, and, and that he's the one who provides and not humanity. And when we really embrace this reality, we can't help but to say thank you, thank you to him. And friends saying thank you to God is worship, right? Listen, God is calling us as Christians to model how powerful and beautiful and restorative his principles are. And we as Pacific Coast Church, we wanna do what we can do to model them to others. Not to draw attention to ourselves, but to point people to him. We, we believe even a super simple practice of gathering in our homes one Sunday every quarter, right? Like we're doing right now, Sabbath. It, 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 it can help do this. this. This could be an amazing introduction to the Lord's love for people that maybe don't feel comfortable walking into a church building yet. And I want you to know we're so excited for what the Lord is going to do through it, all right? What if we saw rest as support in remembering, right? What if we saw rest as strengthening your relationship? Like, what if we really saw Sabbath and rest do that and, and we embrace that? And that third one, what, what if we saw rest as a solidifying of your reliance? All right, come on, I just wanna pray for you right now. Wherever you're at, uh, obviously we're not gathered in, in the physical right now, so maybe you're on a little trip with your family, getting getting back, maybe you're getting getting some work done, maybe you're on a walk, wherever you're at. I, I just wanna, I want to pray for you, we worship. Lord, I thank you so much for every friend watching right now as we as a church are on our rest, our seasonal Sabbath. God, I pray right now that my friends watching are as well. And God, right now in a, in a, in a culture, in a society that puts so much emphasis on, uh, on busyness and work and, and, and all of the different things, not that, that any of that's you know, you know, bad at its very core. We all have to work, obviously. But Lord God, in the middle of that work, may we uh, replicate, may we, uh, may we live out what you modeled for us as you created the heavens and the earth, the animals, humanity. On that seventh day, you modeled and you took time and you created rest for us. And so may, Lord, we embrace that. As hard as that is, as, um, you know, as, 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 we live in this culture where everything is about striving and gaining and doing all these different things. May we embrace, embrace not culture, but your kingdom and your kingdom principles. And so, Lord God, I pray for my, per, my, my friend right now, the person who's watching, who this is hard for them in their lives. God, I pray that you would give them insight, that you would give them encouragement and peace and show them the way, maybe a fresh revelation on how uh, resting in you can actually uh, benefit their work and everything they're doing. It'll, it'll be that much better. So Lord God, we all embrace balance in our lives. We thank you for who you are. And we know that as we rest, it puts more attention on you 
And that's what you want. It's, a, it's, a, it's an act of worship unto you. So God, we thank you for this time. God, we're excited as a church for the fall, everything that's going to be happening as new ideas, new doors are opening up for Pacific Coast Church. Thank you for all that you're doing. And we just continue to say, have your way in our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before you go, we just want to give you three questions like we always do here at Church Online. Just three questions that you can take. And uh, from this teaching today, you can take these questions and use them maybe in your quiet time and your time of rest. Maybe you're just uh, hanging out today and you're resting. Take these questions, meditate on them, compare, compare and, and, and what you just heard and, and, and really apply it to your life. And maybe use it in your small group too. All right, here's the first question. That is, how does intentional rest play a role in your life? What are some things you do to promote healthy balance? Okay, so that first question, pretty practical. Great way to kind of think about that and how that plays out in your life. Number two, relationships grow stronger when rest is valued. Do you agree with this? If so, describe your experience, all right? And then here's the third one, and that is, when you think of a God who created the universe and then rested, how does that make you feel? What are new ways you can embrace so that you can look more like him, all right? Hey, once again, just wanna say happy Labor Day weekend. If you're watching this live on Sunday, have a wonderful mo tomorrow, Monday, Labor Day. Maybe you're having a barbecue or something like that. I hope you have a great time with friends and family. Once again, uh, make sure if you didn't give a chance to give at the beginning, you'll see the information come up on the screen. You can give on your smart device. Just text the word donation to 84576 and there'll be a link and it's pretty user friendly how to do that. Of course, you can uh, write your check or mail or whatnot to our PO Box 66, Pacific Coast Church PO Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington 98467. And make sure you just give us all of your information so we can properly receive you. Thank you so much. We are so excited for the fall and all of this stuff. My kids are back in school. I know your kids are back in school and we're kind of getting back into a routine. I know a lot of us are going to be coming out of the woods, right? <laughs> all the camp and all the vacations, all the summer, all the stuff. And so I look forward to seeing a lot of uh, those that we haven't seen over the summer back in church and new people. And so I'm excited. I hope you're excited. I would love to. I would love to hang out with you this next weekend in person. Mount Tahoma High School, 10 a.m. Come, bring a friend. We'll be back in, in, in service all together. Kids, worship, the whole thing. So we'll see you this Sunday, Mount Tahoma High School, 10 a.m. Hey, have a wonderful weekend. God bless.